Hello and welcome back to my channel, Freedom by Faith Ministries. So I am Dr. Pamela Noel, and we are going to speak about anxiety in the next few series of my videos. Um, so basically, as I mentioned um, in the promo video that I suffer from anxiety for most of my adolescent years and teenage years, um, I would say it started about the age of 10 or 11. I was very fearful of everyone. I was paranoid that somebody was trying to hurt me or plot against me. I was very suspicious of everyone, basically. Uh, I just had it in my mind that people were out to get me and something bad's going to happen to me. Uh, so I had very intrusive thoughts that caused anxiety, fear, doubt. Um, even though I knew God existed at the time, I didn't have a relationship with God. So I didn't understand that these thoughts were demonic. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I didn't have any, any, any idea that my relationship with God or lack thereof, I should say, was the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why I was so anxious, nervous. I was depressed. I was suicidal, basically. Um, so every time I would wake up in the morning, I would be disappointed that I woke up that morning. So that's kind of, that's kind of my state of mind at that time was I, want, I wanted God to basically take me out the night before. Um, and I was too much of a coward to actually go through with killing myself, but I thought about that many times. And so we're gonna talk a little bit about why do people have these kinds of thoughts and, and what you can do as a believer in Christ to overcome that. Um, because it's literally a battle between evil and good and if you don't recognize this is a spiritual war that is going on in your mind, you're not going to be successful at overcoming it. And so in medical school, I was taught about anxiety, depression, generalized anxiety disorder um, is a medical condition, right? So it's major depression. And so you were we were taught to give medications. These are the medications that we have on the market. These are the potential side effects. And unfortunately, most of them don't work, you know, the first month or so. And I think the at the time I was being taught that it takes basically about six weeks to see any effects of these antidepressants and anxiety medicines. And also the side effects that you can have from them. And the side effects usually start much earlier. So it's possible that you're taking a medication that doesn't work for at least six weeks and you could potentially start having side effects within a week or two, which didn't make any sense to me. Um, and so thankfully I've never, I had never gone to a psychiatrist. I had never gone to see a doctor other than when my mother took me to the doctor, a, a pediatrician's office when I was um, really 17 and they couldn't figure out what, what was wrong with me. Right. Um, but as I grew closer and closer to God and I started to read the Bible and working hard to obey the Bible, little by little, my depression lifted. And so we're going to talk about exactly what there's a connection between having a relationship with God and living in obedience to him and depression and anxiety. And I can't say that that's true for everyone, but at least in my life, surrendering my life to Jesus was literally the cure for my anxiety and depression. And so I'm going to teach you the tool that I learned as a child in my teenage, um, early uh, 20s, late teens is when I really started to really take the Bible seriously, forgiving my enemies, being humble, being good to people, and, and basically taking away fear and using my uh, experience with anxiety and depression, I believe will help to liberate a lot of people. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this teaching today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over. 
in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us wisdom and understanding so that we can overcome every stronghold of anxiety and depression. We ask you, Lord, to give the people who are watching this today the tools that they need to overcome every demonic power and stronghold in their minds, causing them to fear, causing them to be anxious and oppressed. Help us, Lord, to have um, discernment and wisdom to overcome every obstacle against us, even the strongholds in our minds. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to help us to surrender our flesh to you, Lord, our thoughts, our minds to you so that the enemy does not use it for to his advantage. In the name of Jesus, so we thank you, God, for this teaching. So when I started to read the Bible, I made a decision that I will not be depressed. Right? I will not be anxious. I will not be fearful. I'm going to follow the ways of the Lord and obey his word. Right. So I'm asking you today right now to make a decision. I will no longer be depressed. That is a first step to overcoming depression, anxiety, fear, doubt is to make a decision today that I will not succumb to depression, fear, anxiety. OK, so I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to give you two seconds to do that. Make a decision. I will no longer be depressed or anxious for nothing. OK, so we're going to give you a second to do that. So we're going to look at James 4, verse 17, okay, because we are no longer going to be slaves to our thoughts, to our feelings or emotions, right? That is not the will of God. So we're not going to succumb to these emotions. We're going to say no to them today, okay? So let's go to, um, I think I said James 4, verse 17 says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Right. And so we're going to take a look at Philippians four. But remember that. So we're going to look at Philippians four next. But keep this verse in mind. If you know what to do and you don't do it. Now, if you don't know what's right and wrong, you're basically sinning in, in, in ignorance, basically. Right. But if you know what to do and you don't do it, it's a sin. Right. So that's one of the things that helped me to understand um, a, a lot about depression, anxiety and fear. And I made a decision that if it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to do it. And if it is in the Bible to do something, I'm going to do it. Right. So that is a decision I made at the age of 17. I'm going to study this book and do what it says. Right. So let's look at Philippians four. But keep James four in mind. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, it is a sin against God. So let's go ahead and look at Philippians four. Let's look at verse four. This is Paul talking. He's in prison suffering. OK, so he's being um, held basically in bondage in a prison cell because he's preaching about Jesus. Right. And Philippians four, verse four says, always be full of joy. So Paul is writing letters and he's being um, taught by the Holy Spirit. He's getting information. Right. Jesus is the truth and the Holy Spirit leads to all truth. Who is Jesus? Jesus is all truth. Right. And so he's receiving re revelation from the Holy Spirit. And it says here, always be full of joy. Right. So that is a command from God. It is not a suggestion. Right. He's not saying be full of joy when everything's going right in your life. Right. It is a direct order and a command from God. Right. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. OK, so we're going to remember that if we know the right thing to do and we don't do it, I'm going to succumb to anxiety, fear, what people think of me, my job situation, my finances, my children. I'm going to rely on those things to give me joy. And Jesus said, I give you peace, not like the world. We don't get peace from the world. We get peace from Christ. And because Paul had Christ in him, 
living inside of him, he can have joy even while suffering in prison, right? Because he's following orders from the Holy Spirit that says, always be full of joy. There's another passage where Paul was um, arrested, him and the, the, another apostle Silas, because they were, they cast a demon of divination out of a little girl who was basically like a psychic making money for people. She was a slave girl and he took that demon out of her and everybody was angry about that and put him in prison. And at midnight, you read the story when you have the time, he was worshiping God and the prison doors were open and all the chains off of the prisoners, including Paul, were broken. All because he was rejoicing and praising and worshiping God at midnight in prison, right? So Paul's in prison again. He says, always be full of joy, right? So joy does not come from our circumstances is come from the inside of us when we are living in accordance to God's will and enjoy in the Lord. And then I'm going to skip to six. It says, don't worry about anything. That is again, another order from God. It says, don't, it doesn't say try not to worry, do whatever you can to try to have joy, right? So you will almost never see the word try in the Bible, right? But we love that word. Oh, but I tried. I try to do this, right? So when we're not in accordance with the will of God, it's a sin to know what to do and not do it. And we learned that in James 4, verse 17, right? To know what to do and not do it is a sin, right? So when the Bible says don't worry about anything and we worry, that is a sin. Most people are not going to agree with that and that's okay, but we're going to learn what God says about that, right? So don't worry about anything, but instead... Instead of worrying, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Verse seven, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. Everything you heard about me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So as you can see, Paul is saying, this is how you have peace. And he's telling you, don't worry. That's an order, right? It is an order from God not to worry about anything because worrying is a direct violation of God's will, which we know is a sin, right? And if you don't do what God says to do, when he says to not worry and you're worrying, that's sinful. We, said, we saw that in James 4, right? And then Paul is saying, this is how you have peace. You fix your thoughts on Jesus, right? What is true? Jesus is the truth, right? The truth, the only truth. So he's talking about Jesus here. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, Right. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And we know that we can only praise God and Jesus is God. Right. So when we're not fixating our thoughts on Jesus, that is a sin, which may lead to anxiety, fear, worry, because it says here not to worry. And then when you do these things at the very end, he says, then the God of peace will be with you. When you stop worrying, and we're going to talk about how to stop worrying, right? It's easier said than done. I believe, believe me, I understand, but I've been through it myself and I know exactly the steps we need to take to overcome this tendency that we have to worry about what's, what might happen, what's going, to, what's going to happen to me, my family, my finances, right? We're always constantly anxious and worried about something. But if you think of that, 
that the, 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 the speaking pattern that we have of being constantly worried about things as a sin, that makes it that much easier to overcome it because now we know we're not in the will of God, right? And you cannot expect to have peace when you're worrying about things in disobedience to God's word. So Paul is saying to fix your thoughts on Jesus, right? Put into practice everything we're learning from, from, from Paul, everything we saw him doing, we heard from him, then the God of peace will be with you, right? So it's important to remember when, if God is saying something and we're not doing it, it's sinful, Right. So we cannot expect to have peace when we're worried about everything and we're not fixing our eyes and our thoughts and minds on Jesus. Right. So we're going to make a decision today that we're not going to succumb to our emotions, but we're going to surrender instead to doing the will of God and following his word. All right. So let's take a look at Matthew 16. So we know that God rewards us when we do his will. Right. So if we as a believer, you want to be pleasing to the Lord. Right. And he's saying in, in, in Philippians four that we ought not to worry. And, we, and when we don't worry about a circumstance that would normally cause the average person to worry, that really tells God something that you are really um, living in a way that pleases him and you'll be rewarded greatly for that. And so let's take a look at Matthew 16, verse 24. Um, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Right. So I love this verse because God is saying to hang to, to not hang on to your life. Right. So anxiety and fear, you are the center of your thoughts. Right. When you're anxious and worried about yourself, you are the center of your life. And Jesus is saying, if you are a Christian and you're following Christ Jesus, he is the center of your life. Right. So another lesson I learned um, during my late teens and early 20s was that I made my life the priority. Right. I was the center of my life. And so I always thought about myself when you're anxious, you're worried, you're depressed. You are only thinking about yourself. Right. And so that's a very harsh reality for people that may be a little offensive to some of you, maybe. Right. But when you're anxious, you're you're thinking about yourself all day, all the time. Right. So people that are constantly anxious are self-centered. And that's a that's a reality I had to deal with. Why do I think about myself all day long, right? Why is everything about me? So when Jesus is saying, if you hang on to your life, you will lose your life, right? So, so our lives are designed to praise and glorify Jesus. But if you're not living to glorify God and you're making your life about yourself, you are going to be anxious and worried and depressed, right? But if something happens to you, but, but your life is not about you, that, that makes it easy for me to, to not worry about anything because my life is not about me, right? So Jesus is saying, if you want to be my followers, you must give up your way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, that's when you lose your life. Right? So it's not the people and the things that are going around me that's going to make me lose everything. It's the fact that I am hanging on to my life, right? But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. 
right? So we must make our lives priority Jesus. He is the center of my life so that no matter what people do or say about me or what they think about me, none of that matters anymore because my life doesn't matter to me anymore. Right. So we have to make a decision that we're not going to surrender to our thoughts about ourselves all day long, but we're going to instead give it up for Jesus so that we can serve him appropriately. All right. Galatians 5.24 says those who belong to Christ, Jesus has have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we are living by the spirit which is a capital S, it's just the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, right? We're living by the Spirit of God. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives, okay? So those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. So that basically means once you, be, once you have made a decision to be a Christian, it says you now belong to Christ, right? Those who belong to Christ, the passions that we have the desires of our sinful nature has been crucified with Jesus on the cross, right? So when we have a desire to please ourselves, right? And, and, we, and we are the center of our lives, that passion, that desire about me, 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 me has not been crucified yet, right? So we have to think about it that way, that the desires that I had for me have been crucified on the cross. I no longer live for myself. I no longer live to make myself happy, right? I no longer live... Um, hoping that everybody else will be happy with me or do what I think they should do. Or whatever reason that causes anxiety and fear, we have crucified those, de those desires on the cross and we are no longer living for ourselves, right? So he says that if you belong to Jesus, if you really belong to Christ, you have nailed the passions and desires of our sinful nature. And we have already said, um, based on, I believe it was uh, James 4, if you do anything, when you know it is not the will of God, if you know to, if if, it, if you know what to do, and you don't do it, it's a sin, right? And so, our sinful nature, which in this case we're talking about worry, anxiety, fear, depression, which is not the will of God, if you have not nailed that sin nature to the cross and crucified it there, it's sinful. It's sinful because a person who belongs to Christ has nailed those sinful nature, that, that desire, passions that we have for ourselves, have crucified that on the cross, right? So we must ask God to help us to crucify our flesh on the cross, to crucify it, deny ourselves daily, like Paul says, in order to live according to God's will. And then when we fixate our thoughts on Jesus, that's when we have the peace of God. And we learned that in Philippians 4. Right. To fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And at the end, he said, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So we must have control over our thoughts, making it obey Jesus's words in, the, in, in, in terms of focusing those thoughts on Jesus, who is the truth. And only then can you have peace. That surpasses understanding. And we know that Jesus said, my peace, I give you not like the world. So when we're chasing after people, things, and situations in our lives so that we can have peace, that's a sin because that's not what God says. We don't get peace from the world. We get peace from fixing our thoughts on Jesus, right? And giving up our own way that we learned in Matthew to give up your own way in order to follow Jesus, okay? So we learn in the first 10 commandments that we must love the Lord our God. That is the first commandment. We must love God. He, we must not worship any other gods, 
right? So, and this is not something I can get into in this, uh, in this session, but when false religions are worshiping other gods, there are a lot of religions where the God that they serve is actually a demonic spirit. And I'm not going to get into that because it's kind of a long topic. It's very um, deep. Uh, so it's not really appropriate for this session about anxiety and fear. But it's important to remember that God hates witchcraft. He hates idolatry. Right. It is an, an abomination to God. Right. So religions who worship other gods are in violation of God's will for us to worship only the one and only true God. Right. Jesus right? Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We must worship the true God only, right? And God wants us to love him only, right? And so when we are surrendered to demonic spirits, that is a form of idolatry actually, right? So even if you're not practicing a false religion, if you're surrendering to anything but God, it is a form of idolatry and witchcraft, which God hates. So we're going to take a look at the last verse, 2 Timothy Chapter one, verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love and self-discipline. And some other versions actually says in self-control and other versions say a sound mind. Right. So you don't want to have an anxious mind, a depressed mind. You don't want to have, you know, a mind that's constantly thinking about other things, intrusive thoughts that are coming in in your mind. We don't want that, right? So we want to have a sound mind. We want to be self-disciplined and have control of ourselves. And a lot of times when people have anxiety and fear, they'll literally say, I feel like I'm out of control. Like I can't control myself. So what makes a person feel out of control? Like in their thoughts, right? They have intrusive thoughts and it makes them react in a way that they can't understand, right? I don't know why I do these things. I don't know why I say the things that I say, you know? So what makes people do that? So 2 Timothy Chapter one, verse seven, it says that fear is a spirit. That's interesting, right? So we saw um, previous, I think it was the previous verse that we are living by the spirit, capital S, right? So whenever a word that normally should be um, in all small letters, but the first, the first letter is a capital, it typically re refers to God. Right. And so because spirit, I think I believe it was in Galatians five that we read that. Um, yes, it was Galatians five that we live by the spirit. And because it's a spirit that's with a capital S, we know that that's the Holy Spirit. Right. Because spirit typically should be a small S. Right. And so we know in this world, there's only two types of spirits. There's the Holy Spirit. One, that is the spirit of God. And then we know there are demonic spirits, small S. Right. And those are demonic spirits that in some religions actually serve as God for that religion, right? And so, like I mentioned earlier in, in the Ten Commandments, we ought to never serve other gods, right? And, and gods in the Bible are small g gods, right? Those are demonic principalities over religions, over territories, right? So we, we ha I have a whole series on the putting on the armor of God for spiritual battle, which I highly recommend you take a look at. Because a lot of the things I'm talking about has to do with demonic attacks in the mind and, and the tools that we have as believers to overcome them. I'm not going to go into that into too much detail right now, but I just wanted to remind you that fear is a spirit, right? So he, so he says, for God has not given us a spirit, a small s, a, God has not given you that spirit. So that means that spirit 
um, is demonic. It's not the Holy Spirit, right? There's only two types of spirits, as I said, in this world. There's the one and only Holy Spirit, capital S, and there are demonic spirits that operate in this world. And fear is a demonic spirit, right? So is it possible that you don't have self-control? Like God says, I'm not, I'm not the one who gave you the spirit of fear, but instead I've given you power, love, and a sound mind or discipline or self-control, right? That comes from God. But the demonic spirit is the reason why the opposite is true. You have no power, you have no love, and you have no way to, to, to control yourself and your thoughts, right? So self-control, self-discipline, power and love comes from God, but not from a spirit of fear, right? So when I'm reading these verses when I was younger, I realized like maybe I feel this way because a demonic spirit in my mind, and I learned this very early on. Actually, I wasn't taught this by anyone. Just reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit teaching me these things, right? So if God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, it means that I have now surrendered myself to a demonic spirit. And that's why I, I can't control my thoughts. I can't control my body. I can't control what I'm doing, the way I think, you know, and the things that we do when we're afraid, we're always, you know, watching out for yourself. Who's going to get me this time? right? You, you can't control your thoughts or emotions and your reactions to things because I have now surrendered to a spirit of fear as opposed to living my life according to the Holy Spirit, as we have seen in Galatians 5, right? So who are we surrendering to? The Holy Spirit in Galatians 5 or in this passage in 2 Timothy, have I surrendered myself to the God, small g, or the spirit or the demonic spirit of fear, right? So who do you serve? Right. So that's why at the beginning of this talk, I said, you are going to make a decision. It's not a feeling or an emotion. Right. You have made a decision to not surrender to the spirit of fear, but I'm going to surrender instead to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask one more time the same petition that I made at the beginning of this teaching that we ought to make a decision that we are going to make a decision that we are no longer going to surrender to anxiety, fear, the tormenting, intrusive thoughts of paranoia that we have. We're going to make a decision today that we are no longer to, to surrender to these demonic spirits, okay? And we're going to make a decision instead to live according to the word of God in obedience to his will, right? And if we don't do that, we're living in sin, All right? And so as Philippians 4 said, that then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace right? And so if we want peace, we must fix our thoughts on Jesus and not ourselves, because now we know that's a sin, right? And we know now from, uh, I believe it was 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 verse 7, that God has not given us a spirit, a spirit of fear. It is a demonic spirit that works through people who have not surrendered their thoughts to Christ, right? Because peace only comes from fixing our thoughts on Jesus. And if you don't surrender to Jesus and give up your own way, as we've seen, as we, as we have seen in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, that we must give up our own way in order to follow Jesus. And if we're not doing that, we're in sin, right? And so we're going to make a decision today that we are not going to live according to our own will, but we're going to live according to God's will. Right. So I'm going to ask you to make that decision today that I will no longer live according to my own will 
and I will not surrender to the demonic spirit of anxiety, fear, paranoia, depression. Okay. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to continue to help us to live according to your will, following the leading of the spirit of God so that we can surrender our lives to you and that we can fixate our thoughts on you, Jesus. We are going to give up our own way. We're not going to hang on to our lives any longer so that Satan cannot use the demonic spirit of fear to keep us trapped in a life that is powerless, in a life that has no love, in a life that has no self-discipline or sound mind or self-control in the name of Jesus. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to to help us and guide us along this path right now. In the name of Jesus, for the people who are watching or suffering from anxiety and fear, I command that spirit to leave now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke anxiety, fear, and depression. I rebuke that spirit of heaviness and I command it to leave these people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, by the blood of Jesus that you will give them a spirit of strength and to give us a heart of humility towards you, a heart that surrenders to you, Lord, so that we can experience the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding. In the name of Jesus, so I, pr I pray peace over the lives of the people that are watching this right now in the name of Jesus. So we thank you again for joining us um, for this talk. We're going to continue um, talking about anxiety, fear, and depression and some of the verses that has really helped me to overcome without ever taking any medications or seeing a psychiatrist. And like I said, I don't have a problem with medicines, but God's ways work so much more um, effectively for depression and anxiety. It is a spiritual battle and most people unfortunately don't realize that. So I hope these um, teachings will help you to overcome your fears or anxiety, depression, if that's what you're suffering, because God has pl a plan to give us power and strength and to overcome those uh, demonic thoughts, we must surrender to his will. So come along with me in this journey. You will learn a lot. And I hope at the end of these series that you will be much stronger um, in your faith with God and your mind will be clear so that you can hear the Holy Spirit and he can reveal his plans for you, which is what happened to me. Um, once I fit, once I conquered fear and anxiety, the Holy Spirit started to teach me about his plans for my life. And I was, uh, and I've been successful almost in basically everything I'm doing because I was able to overcome fear and anxiety God's way. Well, thank you for joining. I will see you again next time.